0: The following podcast is intended for mature audiences only. Listener discretion is advised.
1: Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to another exciting episode of True Crime on Easy Street. I have no idea. What is going to happen here today because uh, you guys have got something cooking that I am not privy to, but I'm excited. I'm the dummy, right? I get to listen like a member of the audience today, and we do that sometimes, mm-hmm. where one of us listens like someone who doesn't know what's going on, and today that is me. My name is Scott Wright. I am a mediocre journalist.
0: I'm Kelly Turner, and I'm not a doctor, and I've been preparing for today's show, mm-hmm. uh, Doing my research. Thank God
1: you did because I did not
0: getting my notes together. And Scott has been day drinking.
1: Yeah, that's right.
2: That is true. I'm Katie Givens. I'm not a lawyer, and I've also been preparing and not day drinking.
1: Well, you know what? Whatever you guys have to do to convince yourself that you didn't have a good time today. Do you need a pen? What are you looking for? I'm
0: moving around. I'm looking for my phone. I wanted to. Kelly
1: needs your phone. All right, stop production until Kelly (laughs) finds her phone. No,
0: I wanted to look up on uh, our reviews because we have a shout out that is a pretty <gasps> interesting shout out really this week uh, all right
1: well somebody get kelly her phone
0: we had someone to give us a five-star review really and because
1: we don't want them any other way
0: right and they commented and i i thought the comment was worth reading oh
1: am i gonna hate it no is it something about my day drinking
0: no i think it's very <laughs> i
1: think it's very flattering <laughs> because you guys have both mentioned it today
0: Okay, so this comment and five-star review is from Bama Native. Hey, guys. I love listening to the show. You even gave me and my friends uh, the idea to start our own podcast. Since you guys are located in northern Alabama, we're going to do a show about the Gulf Coast, which includes Mobile, Baldwin, and surrounding areas. Wish us luck. And then he says, hashtag in all caps, Roll Tide. And then, and I guess, hashtag in all lowercase, War Eagle. <laughs> all right we well, so i know guys and best of luck with your podcast and- absolutely oh, yeah. but
1: weren't we about to expand into that area i mean aren't don't don't we consider them a uh direct competitors now
0: not really no. I, I mean okay. in fact uh no hey, I'm, give kidding. Us a, I'm kidding give us a holler guys and we'll we'll we yeah. love to be on your podcast and have we'd you and you and you
1: be on ours
0: yep. love it so right. bam native best wishes and we can't wait to listen to that. So I love it. I know.
1: There's got to be a lot of crazy shit going on down in South Alabama too, right? Because there's plenty going on up here.
0: <laughs> Very yeah, true. definitely.
1: All right. So, all right. I'm out of the way. I'm done. I don't know anything about what you guys are going to talk about except the guy's name. And it's uh, Larry Strong, right? Or was it? Is it Andrew Little? <laughs> it's one of the two. I forget. Is it Andrew Little?
0: His name is Samuel McDowell.
1: <laughs> See, I don't even know what we're talking about. I'm going to get out of the way.
0: No, that's how he was born, but he, he assumes his grandparent's name last name, and it's Little, so he goes by Samuel so Little. So, I did,
1: I did get that part right. You got
0: a little bit right. All
1: yeah. right. I'm just going to push this microphone away. <laughs> And listen. No, we're
0: going to need those wonderful day drinking comments coming our way here. <laughs>
1: well, just, a bit. just point at me and I will fire one off.
0: Gotcha. So, the majority of the information in this episode is from interviews conducted with Samuel Little by various people. We will put uh, the links of some of those interviews in our show notes for this episode. I'll send those Katie's way and she can so love me. Thank God Katie
1: knows how to do that. I
0: know. I know. I know how to get them to Katie and that's about it. Um... <laughs> Samuel Little was a serial killer who claimed to have murdered over 90 women. Authorities actually proved that he's responsible for 50 of those. Uh, Samuel Little spoke in many interviews with detectives, psychologists, and authors. And during these interviews, he talks with them about choosing his victims, raping them, strangling them, beating them, reviving them only to strangle them again, and dumping their bodies. He discusses these rapes and murders with A smile on his face. I mean, he looks like this little old grandpa just talking about beating, raping, and murdering women.
1: The textbook definition of a sociopath, I'm assuming.
0: Mm -hmm. He talks to them about this as if he's describing how to do an everyday task, like how to cook the perfect burger or grout your floors. Uh, it's, It's like he's revealing a secret household remedy for an ailment. Like, he's just, you know, he, he talks about plucking grapes. Oh, look at all these lovely grapes. And he just plucks, you know, so he, he does. You can find a lot of these interviews online, and there are other podcasts you play some excerpts from these interviews. It's really difficult to understand him. So I, I did not elect to include any of the audio you mean his
1: his, his dialect, it's hard to hear him.
0: Uh, yes, and the videos are are um the the sound quality is not so great. Understood. And so the podcasts that I listened to that had some of his comments were pretty difficult to understand. But if you watch them on YouTube or a documentary, they have the subtitles, so it's easier to follow along. Um, so that's why you won't hear that on this podcast. Today. But these women were nothing more than objects to him, but they were his obsession. And they lived and died every day in his fantasies until he drew his last breath in December of 2020. And when he retells the stories in these interviews, you can see him come alive. You can see a light, a twinkle in his eyes as he's discussing these. Horrible acts.
1: I don't like him already. Oh,
0: my gosh. It's really difficult to watch his interviews. So, uh, a history of Samuel Little. He was born, as I said, Samuel McDowell on June the 7th, 1940 in Reynolds, Georgia. Now, he claimed he was born to a mother who was a prostitute. And his father was about 19 years old and didn't want anything to do with him. Uh, Soon after his birth... He moved to Lorraine, Ohio, where he was raised mostly by his grandmother. That's when he assumed the last name Little. Uh, he went to Hawthorne Junior High School, and there immediately he begins to have problems with discipline. He's, he's kind of a troublemaker from the beginning, and he struggles with his classes. In 1956, after being convicted of breaking and entering into a property in Omaha, Nebraska, he was uh put into juvie. In 1961, he was sentenced to 3 years in prison for breaking into a furniture store in Lorraine, and he was released in 1964. He moved to Florida to live with his mother in the late 1960s, working at various times. As a cemetery worker and a paramedic. He said he then began traveling more widely and had more run-ins with the law. That's a quote from him. He was arrested in eight states for crimes that included driving under the influence, fraud, shoplifting, solicitation, armed robbery, aggravated assault, and rape.
1: Not a good dude.
0: No. He claimed that he took up boxing during his stay in prison, referring to himself as a former prize fighter. And I'm just reiterating, I'm going back to this is according to him. Right. Now, he did box in prison. That is, That has been documented, but... Yeah, but boxing in prison
1: is more fighting for your life than being a prize fighter, right?
0: What what prizes are they giving? Yeah, Uh,
1: yeah, uh, you get to keep your pants on.
0: I I guess, I don't know. Now, by his own account, he began having sexual fantasies about strangling women as young as kindergarten. He talks about sitting in his kindergarten class and watching his teacher. And the way she taught, she touched her neck from time to time. And he was fascinated by that from kindergarten. And he had fantasies of wrapping his hands around her neck at that point.
1: So he was a bad seed just from early from on. From
0: an early age, he yeah. claims. And so he discusses in great detail that that's, that had a lot to do with the victim choice. If their neck looked a certain way. He would choose them as a victim. But there were other things that went in to him choosing his victims. Um, He chose a lot of sex workers and women on the streets on drugs. Uh, People who, women who would not be missed. uh, That society typically That's sort of a common
1: vein for Mm -hmm. people who have this affliction. Yes. It's easy for them to pick off girls or or people Mm -hmm. who are on the fringes of society Mm -hmm. and won't be missed immediately.
0: Correct. And a lot of the deaths that he later goes on to claim as his own uh, were ruled as an overdose or accidental or, you know, uh, nobody cared. Nobody cared what yeah. happened to these people. Right. To these, these poor individuals. And we will get to their names, I promise you, because we, we definitely want to talk about them. In 1975, he had been arrested 26 times in 11 states for crimes including theft, assault, attempted rape, fraud, and attacks on government officials. In 1982, Little was arrested in Pascagoula, Mississippi, and charged with the murder of 22-year-old Melinda Rose Lepre. And She had gone missing in September of that year, but a grand jury uh, they decided not to indict him for murder. There was just not enough evidence. Not I don't quite think, enough. To, to put it together. However, while under investigation, he was extradited to Florida and tried for the murder of 26 year old Patricia Ann Mount. Her body was found in September of 82. Prosecution witnesses identified Little in court as a person who spent time with Mount on the night before her disappearance. But because of mistrust of certain witness testimonies, he was acquitted. In January of 1984. So they not just not guy.
1: prosecuted, he was acquitted.
0: Yeah, so they had this guy and they were able to um, hopefully get to him uh, several times. And um, he was found, I mean, he was acquitted. Wow. Or the grand jury How many times didn't... have
1: we heard a story that we've done in, a, in the year that we've been doing this where the person who ended up being guilty of this crime for some reason along the way They could not piece it together. together.
0: Mm -hmm. Or they put it together and presented it in court and the jury did not buy it. Yeah. Yeah. He claims in some of his interviews to have been pulled over by police officers with, on two different occasions, and one of them was in Alabama. He he was pulled over by a police officer and the dead woman was in his backseat. Really? Police officer (laughs) even shined the light on the dead woman. He told a police officer she was drunk and passed out. They had been, you know, having their fun. He's, you know, a good talker, okay. smooth talker. And they let him go. Had a corpse in his backseat. It's a
1: good thing that wasn't in Brookside, or uh, they would have confiscated everything that he owned.
0: Mm-hmm. Maybe he should have gotten pulled over in Brookside. Maybe he should
1: have been. That's the one person who should have been pulled over in Brookside, in Brookside. Alabama.
0: Mm-hmm. They wouldn't have let that go. That's another story. Yeah, it is. Um, but, uh, yeah, that happened here in... Alabama now, according to him, right. of course, no police officer is stepping up saying, "Yeah, that <gasps> was me," and I let
1: him. Hmm. Yeah, All I don't right, I have anybody,
0: but there he claimed it happened in another state as well, and uh, of course, there's no police officer saying, "Yeah, I I did that either." So we can only go by what he's saying. But as we will move forward, you will learn that um not only does he prove to be a a, a truth teller. Uh, he remembers great detail even in his old age uh, as he started confessing. Great detail.
1: But is he believable? Because we've we've certainly talked about a lot of uh, people in the same situation who make a bunch of stuff up.
0: He is very believable okay. to the All point right. of uh, they have been able to actually say yeah to 50 of them. Okay. Right. And... They even tried to show him a picture of a woman that they know he did not do. Um, He was incarcerated at the time that she was murdered. And um, he does not admit to it.
1: Just to check his factuals. Yeah. Okay.
0: So, anywho, moving right along. Uh, unfortunately. Uh, Little moved to California where he stayed in the vicinity of San Diego in October of 1984. He was arrested for kidnapping, beating, and strangling 22-year-old Lori Barrows who actually survived the attack. One month later, he was found by police in the backseat of his car with an unconscious woman who was beaten and strangled in the same location as the attempted murder of Barrows. Now, he's going to serve... Two and a half years in prison for both crimes, then was released in 1987. He immediately moves to Los Angeles and committed at least 10 additional murders. Did you guys hear how much time he served for that? Two
1: and a half years is what I wrote down. Two and a half years in prison yeah. for that. Two,
0: two different women. Insane. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So then he moves to Los Angeles in 1987 and commits at least 10 additional murders.
2: Well, fast forward to September 5th, 2012, and Little is at a homeless shelter in Louisville, Kentucky, and he is arrested. He is quickly extradited to California to face a narcotics charge, after which authorities use DNA testing to establish that he was involved in the murders of a few women, one named Carol Eileen Elford. Elford? Uh, She was murdered on July 13th, 1987. Then we had Guadalupe Duarte.
0: Apodaca.
2: Apodaca. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So she was murdered on September 3rd, 1987. So a few months apart on that one. And then we have Audrey Nelson Everett, who was murdered on August 14th, 1989. And all three women, uh, they were killed and their bodies were later just found on the streets of Los Angeles. He just dumps them. Mm -hmm. A few months later, uh, Little is being investigated for involvement in... about three dozen murders committed between uh, committed in the nineteen eighties, uh, which until then they had been undisclosed. In connection uh, with these new circumstances, that Lapre murder case in Mississippi is reopened, and in total, Little is tested for involvement in like ninety three murders of women committed in several different states
1: let me ask a dumb question are we getting to the point where there is there physical evidence at these crimes is there there fingerprints is there blood so dna so Mm -hmm. there's we have gotten to the point in jurisprudence where they are starting to be able to pin these crimes on this person because of the scientific advancements in criminology
2: we're in 2013
1: gotcha Mm -hmm. okay all right
2: so in september of 2014 Little is tried for the murders of Alfred Nelson and Apodaca. And the prosecution presents the DNA evidence mm-hmm. as well as testimony of witnesses who were attacked um, by him at different times throughout his criminal career, I guess you could call it. On September 25th, 2014, Little is found guilty and he is sentenced to life in prison without possibility of parole. And, but as he's being convicted and as the verdict is passed down he is insisting on his innocence at this time Mm -hmm. he's still not admitting to any of this
1: but that's a pretty common vein right i mean i'm i'm already i'm doing some research for something we're going to do down the road and i'm already finding out that that's kind of what happens when you when you're staring out the window at the uh at the gallows Mm -hmm. you start to have uh, second thoughts.
0: And I think it's when he realizes, and Katie, you may touch on this, and I'll shut up here in just a minute, but I think once he realizes that he's got life in prison and the death penalty is not on the table, then the floodgates open and he starts talking.
1: Do you think you can get out of it at that point? I mean, Katie, you're going to address this, but what what is the rationale for that?
2: What is the rationale for, for maintaining For spilling innocence? the beans. Oh, I think he wanted, well, will I mean, I, you don't know how people's mind work like this, but I yeah. guess he wanted credit.
0: Yeah. And he, he liked telling me stories. You can see it on his face. Really? In his interviews. Okay. Mm-hmm. I purposely and didn't
1: watch anything before we walked into this room today. He
0: also agrees to talk to these detectives. As long as they can't go back and try him for anything else. You know, he makes this deal with them, and now he can talk and talk and talk and talk. And he's just going to sit in prison, and nothing additional is going to happen to him. Okay. Mm-hmm.
2: He is serving his sentence in the California State Prison in Los Angeles County. Uh, for about four years, he's there, and then he starts talking. He We're now on to November 9th of 2018, and he confesses to a strangulation that took place in 1996, the fatal strangulation of Melissa Thomas. Um, And then on November 13th, 2013, he is charged with the 1994 murder of Denise Christie Brothers in Odessa, Texas, after confessing to that crime to a Texas Ranger in May of 2018.
0: Yeah and I think he said November 13th uh 2013 but it was actually 2018, 2018 sorry it's yes. mm-hmm. just a it's 4
2: days after his first confession he is charged with this murder because of a confession he made earlier in the year in May
1: so, all right, you guys enlighten me. Why is this guy all over the country? Is he, is he a salesman? Is he uh, driving a truck?
0: That's a what, very, what's
1: the thing? That's Why good, is he all over the fucking country here?
0: <laughs> that's a very good question. So, he meets a lady, and she is about 30 years older than him. And she is, in fact, uh, one of the witnesses who helps him get acquitted in one of his earlier trials. All right. She also helps to discredit the other witness because they were in jail together mm. and they talk and, you know. Okay. So <clears throat> this particular lady that was his lady friend, 30 years his senior for years and years and years, her name, I'm going to get to it.
1: I see you scrolling <laughs> on your
0: laptop. Yeah. Her name is Gene. Uh, he never... I never hear him say Gene's last name.
2: I don't have it. And I don't notes.
0: even know if he knew Gene's last name. Okay. But she, she takes him in. I mean, she, let's let's be honest. She's kind of like a mother figure to him. But they strike up this relationship. So
1: Jean Smith is his Jean. Yeah,
0: Jean Doe. <laughs> okay, Jean. Uh, Doe. I guess I don't know. She. I, Maybe it's just like share. Maybe she's Jean. I mean, she's Jean. Jesus. Just Jean. All right. Yeah, just Jean. Run with it. Um. And so this is his long term girlfriend, and she shows him how to travel around to different areas. And she has a shoplifting game that she runs. And she'll shoplift. And uh, then they go to different places. And, and so she kind of, t- at night, Jean goes to bed in whatever hotel or whatever they're staying in. And then Little goes out for the night. And Jean, he, Jean, based on his account, she knew what he was doing. Mm-hmm. But she just didn't really care. Okay. Um And so shoplifter by day, murderer by night. Um, And they would go to different areas and they would keep moving, which is why these cases went unsolved.
1: The life of a sociopath. Stuff. That's why it sounds crazy to us because none of us would consider doing this for a split second. No. But there are a, there's a certain group of people in this country who go, hey, you know what? Let's load up, drive to Texas. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's shot lift all day. I'm going to go to bed at 10 and you go out and murder people all night and I'll meet you for breakfast at the waffle house in the morning.
0: (laughs) And I don't know if they had that exact conversation, but that's kind of something in that vein, right? And they lived this very transient lifestyle. And when you, when you live this lifestyle, especially back in the eighties and nineties, it was very easy to go around and, and commit crimes. And it's very difficult for people to solve them. Yeah
1: yeah hopefully uh, the advancements in technology in the years since then have made all of this harder to do going forward, but we've all done these stories where you know i mean we when we did the zodiac hell you couldn't even do you know certainly there was no DNA fingerprinting wasn't as advanced as it is now it was just a lot of impediments to solving the crime
0: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so fast forward now to when Candy's talking about 2018 and his conviction before then. um, There's better technology, and then he starts talking, and they're able to verify these things.
2: Yes, because they don't just take his word for it. They do go out and verify these confessions. On December 13th of 2018, he pleads guilty to the murder that he's charged with in Texas of... Denise Christie brothers, and he receives another life sentence. So back up a little bit. And on November 15th of 2018, the Russell County, Alabama district attorney announces that little had earlier in the month confessed to the 1979 murder of 23 year old Brenda Alexander, uh, whose body was found in Phoenix city, Alabama. And we've been in Phoenix city a few times. Mm-hmm. We have on this
1: unfortunately. Yes. Mm-hmm.
2: So there, there we're in Alabama, we're Alabama tie folks. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, yep. And on November sixteenth of twenty eighteen, Macon County Sheriff's uh, announced that Little had confessed to the nineteen seventy seven strangling murder of an unidentified woman, and the nineteen eighty two strangling murder of eighteen year old Fredonia Smith. In the fall of twenty eighteen, so I don't have the exact date on it. Little confessed to the nineteen eighty two murder of 55-year-old Dorothy Richards, and the 1996 murder of 40-year-old Daisy McGuire. Both of those bodies were found in Homa. I guess that's how you pronounce that, Louisiana. So he's still, he's making his trip around the southeast. We're with Alabama, we're in Georgia, now we're in Louisiana. And now we go to Mississippi. On November 19th of 2018, Harrison County, Mississippi Sheriff Troy Peterson said that Little had confessed to strangling 36-year-old Julia Critchfield in the Gulfport, Mississippi area in 1978 and dumped her body off a cliff. He loves just dumping these bodies. Mm -hmm. And on November 20th of 2018, Lee County, Mississippi law enforcement officials announced that Little had admitted to killing 46 year old Nancy Carol Stevens in Tupelo, Mississippi. So he's making his rounds through Mississippi. That's north.
1: I mean, Gulfport's down on the coast, and Tupelo is up in north.
2: Mm-hmm. Right. So that first murder in Mississippi took place in 1978. The murder of Nancy Carol Stevens took place in 2005. Uh, that case would be presented to a grand jury in January 2019. In or on November 21st, 2018. Richard County, South Carolina authorities announced that Little had confessed to murdering 19-year-old Evelyn Weston, whose body was found near Fort Jackson, South Carolina in 1978. So, I mean, we're, we've are we got murders all the way from the late 70s back wow. into the 2000s. Um, this guy's
1: just, he's, I mean, give me what, stop me when I'm wrong, but this guy is driving all over the Southeast for some reason.
0: And over to California and Texas.
1: And he's just driving around strangling hitchhikers, prostitutes. Um,
0: he he chooses sex random record, women that he meets. Okay, women on the street on drugs. Okay. Um. Yeah. And again,
1: women who won't be missed immediately.
0: Yes, and he can. Conf- he's confessing to, I think, right at about ninety-three murders. Yes. So that's going to take some time. You got you got to have a span there. Sure. Yeah. So you got to go from the late 70s all the way well, to Well, you guys early are saying 78,
1: 82 and then 2018 and 2019. So I'm like trying to get my head around this because he is he is incarcerated in the in the teens and he's committing yeah. or he's admitting to crimes that he committed mm-hmm. as far back as the late 70s. Yes.
2: Okay. Because the next one he commit he confesses to is a 20 is the murder of 20-year-old Rosie Hill which happened in Marion County, Florida in 1982. Um,
1: holy cow yeah
2: so on November 27th of 2018 like I said the FBI announces that a violent criminal apprehension program team has confirmed 34 of Little's confessions and they're working to match the remainder to known murders or suspicious deaths but like we said these are this is a very vulnerable population of women that he has a Attacked, and a lot of them, you know, there's a couple of unidentified women in this list that they couldn't match, you know, to, mm-hmm. to names because they didn't have missing persons. They didn't have identities on these bodies when they were found at the time.
0: Mm-hmm. And then they're going to eventually go on and, and confirm a, about 50 of them.
1: Okay. All right. And of the 93 that he of confessed the 93, to.
0: He's confessed to. I
1: yeah. Understood.
2: He wanted to make these confessions because he, he wanted to be transferred out of the Los Angeles County prison where he was being held. I guess he had aspirations for a different prison cell he's using it as leverage to yeah. get different things i mean he wants. that's what
1: I was about I didn't want to say it that way, but he's he he may confess to saying, to things that he did not do mm-hmm. because it might get him a window but or he, uh, or okay. a view of the beach but it or it
0: really doesn't appear that that's what he's doing no okay. they they've been okay. able to confirm so many of these that i i i i believe he he killed all ninety three understood
2: because it even goes up to maryland um he confessed to a Previous cold case homicide in Prince George's County of Maryland. Uh, previously, one of only two homicides, homicide cases in that county with unidentified victims. Like I said, more un- unidentified victims. And then, so in December of 2018, he's indicted for strangling a woman named Linda Sue Boards, age 23, uh that happened in May of 1981 in Kentucky.
0: Now we're in Kentucky. We've, what we've covered Kentucky?
1: Holy now. cow! I mean, mm-hmm. how does this guy? I mean, is he just is he living off of uh, Pepsi Cola and uh, hot fries at gas stations along the interstate? Because it just seems like he's all over the place.
0: They
2: are all over
1: the place. All right.
2: And I wish I could. have I would have went back and put these in chronological order because, like, her body was just dumped off a highway, and then another of his victims is identified as Martha Cunningham of Knox County, Tennessee. And she was a 34 year old woman who was murdered in 1975. Mm -hmm.
0: And eventually Jean, the girlfriend is going to pass away. She has some complications and she's going to die around the late eighties.
1: Well, she is 30 years his uh, senior.
0: Yes. And then, so she's going to die around the late eighties of some sort of complications. She was sick and Nobody really knows exactly what those were because, you know, we're, we're relying on little to know. And, and I'm sure they, I mean, they did not go to hospitals and, yeah. you know, see
1: it's chalk it up to old age.
0: And so she passes away, but he's going to continue this lifestyle. He's going to continue going around and doing the, you know, shoplifting and, and um, murdering and raping and beating and dubbing bodies.
1: I don't like this guy.
0: I don't know. I know. There's his picture, Scott. We're going to, we'll.
1: Oh, I like him even less now.
0: We'll put his picture.
1: That hat sucks. Up
0: there. (laughs) But he looks, if you look at him, he looks like a grandpa.
2: Yes.
1: Well, sure.
0: Because by the time he starts talking, he's. He is. You know, he's older. He's he's of age, yeah. Yeah. And And
1: I am surprised. I'm surprised that he is African-American because normally when we talk about someone who is a serial killer in this country, it is a white guy in his 30s. Mm Mm-hmm uh who you know lived with his mom uh in the basement that kind of thing this guy does not fit the profile no. and maybe and cut all that if you need to but that just that just seems i did not even know until just this moment that he was african american
2: right you
0: um, he, you're right he doesn't fit the typical profile no. of a he doesn't. killer and he tells the i keep going back to him being uh, seeming like a grandpa but he tells stories um and you're drawn into his stories because it's like a grandpa telling these stories, like really, like he's just telling a story of you know something that happened in his childhood. But and, like,
1: and then the blood curdling parts creeps up on you. But
0: he's talking about she had a really a good neck, and then he talks about you know wrapping his hands around her neck, and wow. he talks about you know raping, and and it's it's really disturbing. Mm. So, on May 31st, 2009, Cayuga County, Ohio, prosecutors announced indictments, four counts of aggravated murder, six counts of kidnapping, uh, and that's, uh, they're accusing Little of killing Mary Jo Payton in 1984, and Rose Evans in 1991 in Cleveland. Both of these victims were strangled and dumped, which is, as we've talked about, his M.O. The body of Rose Evans, age 32, was found on August 24th, 1991, in a vacant lot on East 39th Street. She left her hometown of Binghamton, New York when she was 17. And Evans had been strangled, according to the coroner there. Um, As for Peyton, uh, she was uh, so badly decomposed that an anthropologist had to create a model of what she looked like. Um, She remained unidentified until 1992 when uh, they put her thumbprint in an FBI database and got a match. So Little picked up Peyton at a bar, according to him on East 105th and Euclid avenues. He describes her as a short plump woman in her twenties with brown hair. He confessed to killing another Cleveland woman in 1977 or 78. Uh, The woman murdered in 77 or 78 was found on March 18th of 1983 in Willoughby Hills, Ohio. Now, they're using the NamUs database. And I don't know, I think we've briefly touched on that in previous episodes, but NamUs is the National Missing and Unidentified Persons System. Big N, little A-M, big U, little S. So, name us. So, when they find... Name
2: okay. us, gotcha.
0: hmm When they find an unidentified body, they put this information into the system. And so, this system has helped... To solve some cases.
1: Fingerprints, dental Mm -hmm. records, eye color, whatever can possibly help to find someone who's been lost.
0: Yes, and so they're able to identify this woman using this system. Um, She was, uh, they say... Looking at all of her information, she was likely black and somewhere between 17 and 35 years old, which is quite an age range. Yeah, it is. Yeah, the the woman's body had been dumped down a grassy slope near a fence in a wooded area just off of Interstate 271. Her body was found by a man walking his dog, but um, all he found, it was a skeleton. There was some clothing and jewelry remained, so they had to basically build her back using She'd been there for a be, while. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Long enough.
0: Yes. Little confessed to killing one woman in Akron, Ohio, two in Cincinnati. Uh, one of the bodies was dumped outside of Columbus, Ohio, and one woman he met in Columbus and disposed of in Kentucky. So she may have traveled with him for a while. And then for whatever reason he took longer to kill her from going from, you know, state to state. Of the two women Little murdered in Cincinnati, one was identified as Anna Stewart, age 33, whose body was dumped in Grove City, Ohio. Stewart was last seen on October the 6th, of 1981, getting out of a cab at General Hospital to see her sister in the hospital. Uh, she was killed on October the 11th. He killed the other woman between 1980 and In 1999, and this Jane Doe was anywhere from 15 to 50, as the details of her age and the date of her murder are unclear. She was black, slender, wore glasses, and lived in the -the over-the-Rhine neighborhood of Cincinnati with a heavy female Hispanic. That's a quote from Little. He left her beside a cigarette billboard in Ohio. On June 7th, 2019, he was indicted in Hamilton County, Ohio, for murdering the two women that were killed in Cincinnati. We just talked about. So if you listen to him talk about these women, he remembers the great details of them. He can tell you if they had a space between their front teeth. Right. He can tell you the shade of their skin. Not only will he talk about them being black, he'll talk about being really dark skinned, or light skinned, or possibly Hispanic, or, or she, he wouldn't say possibly, he said she might have been Hispanic, you know, something like that, but he would remember the details of them. He even drew pictures of them, and you can find this on the internet, and they're very detailed with the coloring, and every photo, the neck is drawn. With great detail. Right. Because that was his fantasy.
1: Whatever his morbid fascination was, mm-hmm. it comes out in these drawings. Yes. I'm assuming. Yes.
0: He even drew some of the women in these photos with the hemorrhages, the subconjunctival hemorrhages that form in the eyes. Basically, so blood the, the red spots okay. in the eyes um, from being strangled. Not all of the photos have these, but there are some that you can see the red in their eyes. So he would draw these, these photos and fantasize about these women every day in prison. And so he loved telling these stories. Of course, he's using them for leverage to, you know, get moved or get more, you know, mashed potatoes or whatever. Right. But um, he enjoys telling these stories and he enjoys talking to people and if, and Katie mentioned this previously he was in jail for about 4 years before he started talking mm-hmm. so i think he started just getting bored and realizing oh i might can uh, you know get get some things that i want i can
1: get out of solitary if i give him something
0: but i also kind of like this i like being able to yeah relive this and to talk about
2: it's kind of like the floodgates opened mhm mhm
0: um, these portraits of these women were released by the FBI in hopes of someone identifying the women. And at least one of the portraits solved a cold case in Akron, Ohio.
1: And it, it, when it was him? Mm-hmm.
2: Well, I guess okay. that's some good that comes from his sicko tendencies. Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, he confessed to two Florida murders in 2020. Um, for one of which another man had been wrongfully accused. And yeah. that guy was convicted of that too, right? Mm-hmm. Oh
2: God, like sitting in prison. Yeah, somewhere.
0: wrongfully wrongfully accused and wrongfully convicted. Yeah, so I'm not exactly sure how long that man had been sitting in jail, but... Um,
1: uh, one day was too long. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. It was little the whole time. Um, he claims to have strangled more than 93 people between 1970 and 2005. Though many of his victims' deaths were first ruled as accidental or overdoses, we've talked about that, uh, many of Little's victims' bodies were never found, and the confessions he provided along with the sketch could not be matched to a known missing person. That's and that horrible. is the saddest part of this story: is someone lived and was murdered, and nobody gave a damn. Oh, that makes not sense even sick. not even to report them missing.
1: Yeah. Well, again, those are the those are the kinds of victims that. And more often than not, these cases they prey upon mm-hmm. where it, it, it is easy to.
0: And that is have one of those lost. things that I, as a society, we have failed yes. in that area. I agree. There's a lot of good we can talk about in this world, but this particular thing, we have failed. Yeah. When someone can be murdered and disposed of, and nobody cares.
1: Well, you know, they say that justice is blind. Unfortunately, sometimes it's fucking blind
0: Mm -hmm. exactly
1: and that's a that's a perfect example
0: oh yeah and a lot of his confessions may not be accurate because there's so many years but he remembers a lot of details of a lot of these crimes and even though 40 years came and went There were a lot of details he still had.
1: 40 years is not as long. I'm 52 years old. Trust me when I tell you that 40 years is not as long as it sounds like it is. (laughs) Because I still remember when I was 12 years old like it was the day before yesterday.
0: Yes. I want to talk about a few more victims um, that Little confessed to. They've not been able to prove or tie these victims to him. But here we go. The first one is uh, Marianne. Marianne was murdered in Miami, Florida from either 1971 or 1972. Little confessed to strangling Marianne. Marianne was an 18 or 19-year-old African-American transgender woman. This person, in an individual woman, lived in 1971 or 1972. And so this happened in that area and he leaves her body in the Everglades near highway 27. Now he remembers that her name was either Maryanne M-A-R-I-A-N-N-E or Mary Ann. Two words, Mary Ann. Right. She was between five, seven and uh, five, six and five, seven weighed about 140 pounds. Uh, and little does not believe that her body was ever found. He sketched this victim during one of his confessions in 2019, and he knew that um, Marianne was transgender. That's he says. This is what you call you would call today transgender. So yeah. all of his victims um, were were women, but uh, I think probably he picked up Marianne and did not realize at the time. That he was yeah he had picked up a transgender woman, but it obviously did not stop him. He continued on with the crime as usual, mm-hmm. just just another day. Um he did not say I found out it was really a man and I got mad. No. He talks about Marianne just like the other victims. Uh-huh. He just describes, describes
2: who she yeah, is.
0: Yes, and drew her picture. Ruth, from Little Rock, Arkansas, between 1992 and 1994, he confessed to strangling a 24-year-old African-American female in 92 or 94. She was between 5'5 and 5'7, weighed about 200 pounds. He recalled that he stayed with her for about three days, and they shoplifted together, and that her name may have been Ruth. Uh, he was arrested for shoplifting from Kroger by uh, the Little Rock police on April the 20th, 1994. He said that after killing her, he placed her body on a pile of branches near a cornfield. He sketched this victim as well in his confessions in 2019.
1: So his method of operation was, hey, come hang out with me. Let's go shoplifting.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll score some cool merch
0: or he would pick up a sex worker and spend the evening with her and he would always put his hand around her neck and he would want her to swallow. So like if they were eating something together a weird on a obsession. date and he would put his hand around her neck yeah. as she swallowed when she was chewing something or drinking something. And if it felt a certain way, she was going to be a victim. And if it didn't, he would have his or not. yeah he would have his fun, drop her back off and quote pick another grape from the vine what a strange
1: uh uh test
0: mm-hmm.
1: to pass or fail mm-hmm. if you prefer mm-hmm. to determine whether or not you were going to live that night if you were if you found yourself in the car with Samuel little
0: mm-hmm. In Covington, Kentucky, uh, he confessed to strangling a 25-year-old white female outside of a strip club in 1984. He remembered that she had short blonde hair, blue eyes, and she was, he, quote, a hippie. She was 5'6 or 5'7, weighed between 130 and 170 pounds. He drove the woman south on Interstate 75 towards Miami, Florida before driving into a hilly area near the highway. After killing her in the back seat of his car, he left her body on the top of a small hill, and he sketched her photo in his 2019 confessions as well.
1: Did that? Did that pan out?
0: These are the ones with that authorities—they've not, not been able to I have
1: not been. Okay, right. all right.
0: Las Vegas, Nevada. We haven't been to Nevada yet, have we? I don't. Remember. Here we are. We're not in Las Vegas, Nevada. Not until now. He confessed to strangling a thin African-American female around 40 years old in 1993. He says she was about 5'5 and weighed about 110 to 120 pounds. He recalled that she may have worn a wig over short hair. After killing her in a hotel room, he drove her body to the outskirts of Las Vegas and rolled her body down a steep slope. Little says she does not, he does not believe that her body was ever found, and he sketched her as well in the 2019 confessions.
2: So he had to spend an adequate amount of time with each victim to recall their appearance well
0: enough to draw them. Mm-hmm. And when you strangle somebody, I mean, that's very personal. The last thing
1: you see is them, and oh, I mean, you're looking right at them.
0: Mm-hmm. And that was his thing I mean, as, that, that's, as their life leaves them. Obviously, I think we've displayed that, that, that is. His thing,
1: yeah, and he wanted that's what he wanted to see, right? He wanted to mm-hmm. see their life
0: leave them he wanted to feel the neck in his hands, yeah, yeah it's yes. very much so um Samuel little died on December the thirtieth twenty twenty in a Los Angeles county area hospital, uh although the California Department of Corrections and Rehabilitation sources indicate that. There's really no final determination as to a specific cause of death, but he did suffer from diabetes, heart problems, and other health conditions, and he was uh, older at the time.
1: I hope it hurt.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, definitely.
1: I hope he did not get the last uh, handful of aspirin that he requested from (laughs) whoever was taking care of him that day. I hope there was a little pain as he drifted off into the great beyond
0: yeah the world lost a monster that day definitely um interestingly enough uh one of the authors who interviewed sam little her name is jillian lauren i encourage everyone to google jillian lauren j-i-l-l-i-a-n-l-a-u-r-e-n we'll put a reference to her in our show notes She, like I said, is an author. She has a book coming out about Samuel Little, but it's not going to come out until April of 2023. But you can see this book and what it's going to be about um, on her website. There is a documentary, Confronting a Serial Killer. That is an American documentary television series directed and produced by Joe Berlinger. And it shows the interviews with Jillian Lauren and Sam Little. There's five episodes. Um, I believe you can find that on Stars. There may be some other streaming platforms where you can find this. I was
1: about to ask why the book wasn't coming out sooner, but you just indicated why because there's going to be a documentary series first and they it's want out. that to play. The
0: documentary series is out. It's been out for it's already about a year. Out. It's okay. been out for All about right. a year. Okay. Uh, but Lauren's story is very interesting in itself. All right. Lauren, at some point in time, lived as a concubine for a prince in another country. I'm, I'll let you guys research that yourself. You mean and- the
1: prince, like Prince Prince, or some <laughs> other guy who was a prince?
0: Some other guy who was a prince. Understood. And so she left the United States, lived there for a while, came back. She is now married to the bass player of Weezer. The Bam Weezer.
1: We she talked about this before we went on the air.
0: Mm-hmm. So she's a pretty interesting character just in herself. And she has some other books. She has some books out about her time as a concubine. and
1: Well, I think I'm going to read that first. <laughs> just because I'm curious.
0: Um, But very, very interesting. And I'm definitely going to be getting this book about Sam Little when it comes out next year. So, I encourage you all to check that out and check those interviews out. You can also look on YouTube and find a lot of these interviews with Sam Little.
1: By the time that book comes out, we will have completed uh, two years of this podcast. I know. So, hopefully. we've got plenty of time to do other things before that book lands. But when it does,
0: then we maybe can follow up. It.
1: Yeah. Yeah. We should totally do that, right? Exactly. Absolutely. Okay.
0: Definitely. Definitely. Uh, the Oxygen Channel also has their uh, show, Catching a Serial Kill. And Sam Little is featured on that, so you can find those episodes as well.
1: Do I have the Oxygen Channel?
0: I don't know, but I would just start. Do you have if I, Google.
1: I have, uh, I have YouTube TV.
0: So probably.
1: Do I? I'll have to look and see.
0: Check it out and see.
1: I just go to ESPN <laughs> or Cartoon Network, and that's all that I do.
0: Especially right now with basketball going on.
1: Ugh. When's that over? Is your,
0: bra- is your bracket busted? I don't including? have a
1: bracket. Uh, I'm ready for the develop- USFL season to start. I want some springtime football.
0: Oh, okay. All right. Well, we're, we're getting there.
1: We're close.
0: We're the pollen is here. So
1: uh, Yeah. With, if the pollen is here, springtime football season is in the air.
0: That's right. So this concludes our episode on Samuel Little.
1: And I guess we've gotten to the end of another fantastic episode of True Crime on Easy Street. Guys, don't forget to like Share, rate, subscribe. I feel like I'm screwing this up again. No, but you're doing great. Somewhere Email us. in that general vicinity, let us know if you like the show or not.
0: Mm-hmm. Follow us on social media. Follow us on uh, what is it? Instagram, Facebook. Yeah.
1: Uh, you know, have whatever. you folks Twitter. out there been to our new website? It's truecrimeoneasystreet.com. Uh, it looks pretty good.
2: And we still uh-huh. have t-shirts. Don't forget, <laughs> we still <laughs> have
0: plenty of t-shirts. Have t-shirts. <laughs> Email us with a with a t-shirt order or with your favorite crime for us to cover. True crime. On easystreet at gmail.com.
1: Good night, everybody.